Hello, and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. I'm your host today, Margaret Kildroy, and this is an episode about sheep and sheep farming, shepherding, I believe we might want to call it, in the Alps. I'm really excited about it. We've been planning this episode for a while uh, because we are going to be talking to two sheep farmers in the Alps about climate change and about the return of wolves and about ecology and about why the right wing picks all the wrong talking points and a bunch of other stuff. But first, we are a proud member of the Channel Zero Network of Anarchist Podcasts. And here's a jingle from another show on the network. I'm going to make those pompous academics regret kicking out such a genius. Deciding to build my lab and do my research. The Time Talks Podcast. Have you ever stared at a 500-page book and wish you could just talk to the author about their ideas instead? If so, the Time Talks Podcast, part of the Channel Zero Network, is for you. Where we discuss history, politics, music, and art with an anti-authoritarian and anarchist perspective. The Time Talks Podcast. What's this light? I feel different. The Time Talks Podcast. Okay, and we're back. So if you all could introduce yourself with your, your name, your names, your pronouns, and I guess just a little bit about your background with shepherding. All right. Hi, I'm Sam. My pronouns are she, her, and we are in Vienna right now, too. And yeah, um, I'm an artist and also a bit of a writer, a filmmaker, do a lot of kind of stuff. And lately I was working a lot with metal and smithing. Um, and yeah, we, I went with my Amadeo on a sheep farm in the Alps, in Wallis, in Wallis, in Switzerland. And we want to tell you a bit about our experience. <laughs> yeah, um, my name is Amadeo. Uh, he, him. Um, I'm 38. Actually, I started to work as a teacher now. I teach biology and some other stuff, politics and so on. And um, yeah, uh, I had, this was my third year, third summer, not third year, third season um, to work as a shepherd, but the first time with sheep, actually. Before that, I worked uh, with uh, cows and milking and so on. Um, yeah. And for me, it was also the first time with sheep and the first time in, in this area of Switzerland. I'm Austrian, but the payment in Austria is really bad. So we went to Switzerland. So we are also <laughs> working um, working migrants or how you, how you call it in English. Migrant workers, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, okay. So what brought you all to sheep farming or to farming in general as like the thing to go do with your summers for work should i yeah you can um so i had this experience um in 2020 and 21 i think and i really liked it in a way it was very hard work back then but i learned a lot and um, we met after that actually and decided uh we would like to go together and then we just hit up the internet and looked for yeah work and places to go and then we found this place that sounded pretty um ideal for us because it was sheep farming and no milking which which is nice i didn't want to do the milking <laughs> job and do <laughs> making cheese and so on again i wanted to stay outside mostly like the whole day um under the sky and not in, in the staple. And, um, yeah, we found this place where you don't need your own, um, dogs, which is nice. Okay. Uh, we working with, um, black nose sheep, they are called. It's like a breed that is only bred in this area or not only, but yeah. traditionally there. And yeah, we, we tried to get the job and we got it. <laughs> I guess we also got in because Amadeo has also already a lot of experience 
and um, yeah, they they were looking for two people there and and without dogs, and yeah, I also got. I w was really lucky that I was with Amadeo because, you know, like some very daily stuff, um, he already like also being prepared for this job. Like you need a lot of some equipment, what to take. And yeah, I was really. <laughs> the thing was that, that, of course, the the owners of this, of the sheep, they want someone who has some experience because it happens often that you think, oh, it's nice. It's in the mountains. <laughs> it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then. People after two weeks, three weeks, they say, no way, I can't work here. It's way too hard. I mean, it's like pretty hard work. It's outside all day with rain, with snow sometimes. And you work from sun up to sundown every day, seven days a week. And it's many people underestimate that because there is like, I don't know, this ideal drawn of what it's like to work in the mountains and it's always beautiful and it is, but it's also <laughs> very hard work actually. It it seems really hard. I I I wouldn't it wouldn't immediately occur to me that I could just go run out and become a shepherd like tomorrow. Um but I have two questions and they're related. And one is what does an average day look like for a shepherd in in an alpine valley? And the second question that's related is do you get a shepherd's crook? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the day starts with sunrise like um, mm -hmm. around 5 was when the summer started we got there in mid of June um, I stayed till mid of September Amadou had to leave a bit earlier and yeah day ends with uh, sunset and yeah you bring the sheep back into the night pen you say pen huh like a space where there yeah is electricity yeah, on Pen. Okay. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what that is? Or did a we pen? Hit the... Like an animal pen? Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, it has no roof, it but barn? it has like uh, it's not a barn. It has no roof. It, it's just like a fence, an area yeah. fenced up area. Yeah. yeah. With like strong pen. electricity because yeah. um, of the wolves. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, it has an electric fence. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And yeah, we would move every two weeks to a new pasture with the sheep. Mm -hmm. And there were 12 farmers or sheep holders. They're not all farmers. They also have another life. Most of them have another job. They work as uh, bus drivers in heavy industry. And yeah, they also are really, they are doing a lot of work. So they're working with us. They're, we were there most of the time alone, but they come on weekends. They bring us food. They set up the um, pastures, lines, the fences, so, the fences. Yeah. To, um, yeah. And so then we stay out with the sheep, stay in the, all day, any weather. And yeah, also when we move the pasture, they came for help because they are, it's hard to change the pasture. You sometimes have to cross a river and okay. yeah. wait, how, oh, do yeah. you, like, how do you cross the river? Do you just like drive them through the river? Yes. Like, Go we had, like, sheep swim. <laughs> it was not such a it was more like a stream than a, a river a river sounds bigger than it was it was like the, the upper explain, part of it yeah, because explain. it was like this like you always make a plan in the evening even a drawing we were five people planning this and then it always mm -hmm. ends up in a pretty much a chaos and it's completely different and in the end uh someone was screaming sam go go and i was like I even had shoes on and the first sheep, I was pulling one sheep and with uh -huh. all my strength through the river and then all the sheep follow. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Okay. Um, I have friends who keep sheep, but like yeah. in the city and they just keep like six of them or something. And it's just a very different thing than like a free ranging sheep. And so it's hard for me to yeah, conceptualize. We had 400. And... Yeah, that's more than six. Yes. Good at numbers. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so part of the daily routine is also to do the basic medical care. So we were introduced to that. Um, sometimes they have um, clown problems with the claws. Yeah, problems with the claws. Yeah. So this was a regular thing, and um, some was well, sometimes some antibiotics against. Yeah. Yeah, and you have uh, we had to clean the pen every day. Which was yeah, like three true. to four hours of work for one of us, <laughs> like shoveling shit. Shoveling shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
but you didn't answer the the second question. Did you have a shepherd's crook? Do you know what a, do you know what that is? I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually okay. not a real one. We had like um, umbrellas, <laughs> <laughs> big ones that were very useful against the sun. And so preparedness mm -hmm. thing number one: if you yeah. stay in the high alpine uh, areas, we had like the altitude of the higher pastures were two thousand five hundred meters. You need something to cover you against the sun and against the rain. Yeah. So. Big yeah. umbrellas were pretty handy. Also, the sheep have horns, so it's easier to catch them. You just have to you have to learn this also, but you throw yourself on the sheep and then you tackle them down. <laughs> <laughs> I got really good at this. And also the the black nose sheep in the valleys, they have mm -hmm. like very long hair, and mm -hmm. they I mean they are it's a breeding right? They do it for breeding the sheep holders. And so the the wool it it doesn't get any money. It's nothing. It's not worth anything anymore. But um, for the beauty contest the sheep go to, it's really important. It's a tradition, Whoa. and they let it grow. Okay. And <laughs> the they have very long <laughs> face hair, so some of them are basically blind. Exactly. Most of them have like um, uh, how you say it? something that rings. What is it? A bell? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but they get lost because they don't see anything. And our job was also to make them ties, hair ties, yeah, to make and uh -huh. to tie the hair. And also the sheep holders would come to do this because we could not do this for 400 sheep. <laughs> it's, it's also, yeah, so that was also part of the job. Yeah, a lot, it adds up. There are some different tasks. <laughs> and yeah, since we would move with the sheep, maybe also that since we had two fixed huts. So also the moving is part. You always pack your stuff. You need to think, okay, how much food we need to, yeah, how much will we eat and how much do we need to mm -hmm. take to the next hut? So organizing this is part. And then we had a um, a small hut that was that was flying with a helicopter. It was flown brought, in, flown it was up to the brought in with a helicopter yes, for the most uh, remote places where we would stay with the sheep. Because otherwise you would have to walk a long way, like 45 minutes to the cabin every day. Okay. So they brought in a tiny hut for one person actually. For you all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They flew in with a, with a helicopter so Whoa. we could stay next to the, to the sheep. And, okay. Yeah. But it was so small, like we one was sleeping on the floor, the other on this little bed. And also like you always need to organize this hat when you come with very wet clothes. You have no space in there. And yeah, we mm -hmm. had a little solar panel. So this was doing, we had a fridge at least. This is very high tech. <laughs> I guess 20 okay. years before, people would not have a fridge and some light even in the cabin. And yeah, a stove as it got really... Um, a wood stove, yeah. A wood stove, but it got crazy hot because it's so small, and yeah. yeah. So organizing this hat was also not so easy, and yeah, we were lucky because there was a lot of water in this valley, like it's full of water, and that's so we would get water from the um, from the springs from around the springs around carry oh, this. wells. How you say? Uh, well, I mean, a, a well is like a hole dug in the ground and then a spring is usually a, a natural spring or it's like a pipe stuck in the side of a hill that the water comes out of. Yeah, it was a natural spring. Um, no pipe, though, just some moss. And it was oh, like nice. And so you can drink straight up. from that or do you have to filter it? Um, it depends. Um, we had um, at some point we could just drink it from there. We mm -hmm. didn't filter it. At the cabins, we had like covered uh, springs, wells, uh, springs, mm -hmm. spring, springs, springs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we could, it was like, uh, it was okay. And, um, but the open ones, um, we had to take care where the sheep are, right? If the sheep can, yeah, totally. can go around, then <laughs> it's not so good. It was better yeah. if it was higher up where they wouldn't go. Yeah, also good that there was a lot of springs, so the sheep would get water they need to drink. And sometimes there were pastures where they could only drink one time in the day, so they also learn when they have to drink in the morning because we had really hot days also where, yeah, they these black-nosed sheep with all the wool, they really get, yeah, they get hot. <laughs> 
and yeah then also for us to learn maybe the the how the sheep walk on every pasture they have the some kind of routine that follows the sun also and they um you kind of learn their ways and also maybe when it's time to act um to get some sheep back i mean without a dog mm-hmm. you yeah you need to learn this also i guess when to when it's time <laughs> yeah. i always said if if you want to If you want to move against their will, you are the dog. You have to run around like crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they have their rhythm and they have their ways, yeah. So, did you all use dogs like also or is it sometimes dogs, sometimes no dogs? No, we had none. The thing is that wow. this kind of race uh is very used to to people and they have mm. they have They're not moving that far, so you can walk with them. It's okay. It's just um, the problem is also you can have two two kinds of dogs, right? You can have uh, mm. dogs to protect uh, mm. against uh, wolves, for example. Then they live with the sheep. They are inside of the flock all the time. But yeah. it's a problem with hikers and so on because they attack everyone that comes near. Right. Ah, so you a little can't bit really the dog. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so you can't really like um, have them there because it's also like a, a, a recre recre recreation recreation. How you say it? like? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It this area like a lot of people go hiking there and so on. You can't have like dangerous dogs. <laughs> okay. And the other thing is would be like uh, dogs that help you move the the the, the flock but Herding dog, we didn't yeah. really need that, right? Because we would have like not I mean it was big areas but still like uh, we would stay in one area for two weeks and then we would move on to the next area so you didn't you didn't really need dogs to to like guard them the whole day. Okay. Yeah, but the- It's really a calm, uh, the, the black nosed sheep are really, really calm sheep. We learned this also because like certain uh, sheep breeds, you say, right? They yeah. they run way more. They run all day and you really need dogs there. Yeah. So we... But with the black nose, no, they are kind of calm, yes. And they have a long, um, during the day, they have a long break. Resting <laughs> time. Yeah, because they if it's getting hot up there, um, the sun is very strong. It can have like, I don't know, like, I mean, the degrees don't get up that much, like in the, in the flat areas, but, um, but the, the sun, um, how you say the, the sun rays are really strong. Yeah. Because you're, when you're yeah. at higher altitude, the, yeah, yeah, there's like let that less atmosphere to protect yes. you. I, I, I know what I mean, but I don't know the words for it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's it's just um, the sheep have some. If it's a hot day, they they rest for like four hours during midday. Okay. They try to find like you know shady spots um, and just rest. And yeah, so at that time you can also rest. If it's rainy, you can't rest because then they are moving too. Um, yeah, yeah. It makes me the no dog thing. I'm like my. My dog was bred to have like a million different jobs. My dog is just a, a complete mutt of a lot of different like working breeds. And so Rintra, my dog, is never quite sure whether he's supposed to be herding or chasing or like <laughs> retrieving things. He just like wants to do all of it all the time. And one of the proudest things I've ever had, my like proudest dog mom moment was uh, staying with my friend who has goats and sheep and one of the baby goats just got out of the pen and was like running around the yard. And so Rintral just like herded it into a corner and then like calmly barked to inform us that he had trapped the goat. And I was just like, no one taught you how to do that. He wasn't a year old. He just was like, ah, this is what I do. Um, And so like, I imagine how happy my dog would be as a sheep dog, which isn't necessarily, or a herding dog, which isn't necessarily true because he has like eight, this is a complete tangent. I just like talking about my dog, but You all, one of the reasons I want to talk to you, you talked about how a lot of this ties into preparedness and how it feels like you've like learned a lot about preparedness that you're like taking into the rest of your life by having done this work. Um, I was wondering if you want to talk more about that. 
that was a complete look how expertly I tangented, um, pivoted from one topic to another. Yeah, yeah. We, actually, your podcast was really a bit with us in this time. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> also, the topic of preparedness. And um, yeah, for me, in this way, thinking about preparedness was also a way in, with this work to get somehow familiar again with also the conditions of doing this work, of ways of living in this alpine environment, of existing there with also non-human and with the with the sheep and non-human um, in, in this non-human environment and also maybe um, in this threatened environment that somehow you would ex and also the the organization structures how this work is possible that it needs a lot of people and it needs a lot of people who do this I mean the the, the farmers Or the sheepholders, they do this because they love this work, because they have done this all the time. It's a tradition. And yeah, that they somehow save something. I mean, to, to talk about the practical side, if you stay outside the whole day, every day, seven days a week, you learn a lot of what you really need and what you don't need, mm -hmm. I think. It was a, a, a big... Yeah, it was it was like uh, very valuable to me to, to see like what I really need. And I remember listening to your podcast and you talked a lot about uh, of um, being prepared in a way like having podcasts on your phone, <laughs> for example. And, like, <laughs> because if you have to stay stay with the sheep for 10 hours a day, you need to you had a lot of time to think and I loved like having a good book because I could read mm -hmm. and then think for hours about it and have like, I think, uh, yeah, more time than, than in the city where you are like distracted and, and from one topic to another. So this like really to, to, yeah, to have more, I don't know, space in my head. Um, this was like the good thing. And, and yeah, I think this, Looking at, uh, how you say, like um, being outside in nature every day and witnessing all these little changes every, mm. from day to day. Yeah. This was like very, very, like very special. And I think I learned so much about uh, life and, uh, and also about survival because all the animals and the, and, the, and the plants there, they are like, they have to survive in a very harsh environment with like very short um Period, growing period, for example. I mean, mm -hmm. lots of snow during a winter that lasts, I don't know, for 10 months or like, let's see, <laughs> nine maybe. You know what I mean? It's like when we came yeah. mid-June, there was still snow. And in August, before we, like, the end was on the 16th, I think, of September, but we had to leave the higher pastures end of August because it was starting to snow very heavily. Mm. And yeah, it's like very different <laughs> too. Yeah. But still to also learn about the fears um, the sheepholders have. And also, yeah, it's an, it's an environment that's threatened and that will change through climate change for sure. Like it, it is changing. And I thought also on some days, that, like the, yeah, it, it gets hotter and hotter every summer. And also last year, the grass was really dry. So the sheep would get disease called in German Lippengrind, which is a little bit like herpes yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. um yeah they had to be treated um every sheep and you give some calium some yeah some cream but, yeah but do that for 400 uh 400 yeah. sheep man yeah that sounds to, like it would take a while yeah. Yeah. medication for 400 sheep so yeah they have struggles they face and then the wolf of course is a new topic and mm -hmm. uh yeah they have to deal with um a lot of stuff yeah Well, let's talk about, let's talk about wolves. Let's talk about, you all mentioned beforehand when we were getting ready to talk about how wolves have maybe either been reintroduced or coming back in that area to a certain degree and how that um, threatens this way of life, but like not as much as uh, climate change does and how it all ties into the right wing. And I kind of want to hear about it. Mm, since a few years, since I was like, 2020 was already like um, 
when I was first introduced to this, I don't know, life to these people in, in Switzerland, mm. um, first of all, I came from the city and I didn't know that it's such a big topic already because in Austria we have a few wolves, but not to mention, you know, maybe a, a dozen. But mm -hmm. uh, I learned that in, in Switzerland since the last, I don't know, 20 years from a dozen, they now have, I think, 250, around 250 cool. and like, I don't know, 25 packs or something or mm -hmm. something like this, um, which doesn't sound so much, but it's like, the, it's not such a big country. And they are like a lot in these areas. Uh, for example, in Valis where we stayed, we knew that the nearest wolves are like just two kilometers away and they have like offspring. So for them, they need, they need meat and so on. And, and I mean, the sheep are like, Buffet, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> go get us. Um, also on the other side of the mountain, actually, there was another um, a shepherd with a, uh, I think, a, also around 400 fuck. I don't know exactly how many sheep. And there the wolf came and he killed, I think, seven sheep. And also one of his dogs was attacked. So it was really close. And also the the fear that yeah we might face an attack was also really really with us and also there was a wildhüter a guy who yeah takes care of the area the ranger yeah and he came and mm -hmm. told us hey you really have to watch out they are really close so yeah. but the thing is uh, the crazy thing for me is that um of course this threatens in a way um people that are used to like put their cattle, put their sheep just on a meadow and leave them, you know, have a right. look uh, once a week or something. Of course, now with the wolves, it's not possible because a wolf would kill like a, many. They they start to, you know, get into like a, a, if they can, they kill like 10 and then just take one, you know, they just, if they don't run away and they don't run yeah. far, you know, they, 100 years of, I don't know, living with humans and being petted and so on. They don't have the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, you know what I mean? They don't have it in them anymore to really like really run. Because normally if a wolf attacks a deer, for example, mm -hmm. um, the pack can't find any deer for another week or something because they are all alert. They are yeah. alert as soon as there is like uh, an, an, an encounter. With the sheep, it's not so much. So yeah. now... Um, It's a problem, of course, but there would be solutions. Yeah, you just you need or just you, you need to change um, the way how it works. Yeah, you need protection. You need people to look after the sheep and so on. And for many areas, this is really hard because if you have like a alpine pasture that is very remote, steep hills everywhere, like you know, it, it's so hard to really like fence it off or something. It's not possible. Right. So. I can understand it for the farmers. It's hard. And when we talked with them about it, they were always like, we have to kill the wolf, you know, and it's now it's protected. It's under natural protection. You cannot just shoot them or even right. if they kill some of your sheep, you can't. And, um, there was a big, um, in, in, in Switzerland, you have like more, how you say, like, basic democracy so many of the laws are decided by vote of the yeah. of everyone yeah um, so there was a big vote about if the the protection status of the wolves should be loosened in a way not that you can just hunt them but loosen it in a way that you can i don't know shoot some if they are attacking cattle or can, can and, you shoot them if they attack you no mm -mm. we had oh, no gun They won't. I mean, they won't attack humans, but... Um, I'm an American, had... so I'm like... What? <laughs> you have bears, right? <laughs> bears, yeah. Like... No, but... Oh, no, um... I mean, like... Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. What did you want okay, to Okay, so, ask? like, I think about this a lot. Okay, I'm, I'm really... The wolf thing is so interesting to me for a thousand reasons. And one is that, like, the destruction of wolves is such an emblem of civilization. It is such an emblem of, like... Uh, the conquest of nature, right? And you have, like, for example, the, like, no wolves in Ireland thing, um, 
you know, and then the British were very into killing all the wolves in Ireland. And part of that even like, so you even have like the Irish rebels would be at a certain degree would be like, oh, we are the wolves. Like we are the people that are trying to conquer. Cause it's like, they're like the unconquered, you know, wild folk or whatever fucking bullshit colonial thing that gets thrown at them, you know? And, but at the same time, it's like, so I'm like, I'm kind of rooting for the wolves here with what you're describing, right? I like sheep. I don't specifically want the sheep to die. And where I live, like we have coyotes, right? And uh, we don't really have wolves where I live, but we have coyotes and they kill, you know, they kill livestock and they also kill dogs, right? And I have a dog and I very actively want my dog to not be killed by coyotes. And apparently coyotes will do this thing where they'll like befriend a dog and be like, yeah, totally come hang out with us and then kill him eat that dog right um and so i have a neighbor who oversees uh, about 400 acres and he's he's from france and he carries around a, a handgun and he's so confused by this he's like i came to america now i have to carry around a handgun but he carries around a handgun in case he's attacked by coyotes right and it's like interesting to me because it's like the the urge to be like, oh, we should kill all the wolves so we can happily raise our sheep in, in peace. Like, fuck that, right? Um, that to me is like the example of like a negative form of peace where you've like conquered and like flattened everything. Sorry, it's a little bit of a rant, but I'm going somewhere with it, I promise. And then, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, there's this balance, right? Like, I'm not going to let a coyote kill my dog or if I was around wolves, I wouldn't let the wolves kill me, Right. Um, I mean, whatever I, as much as I can control that, you know, um, the coyotes are kind of on the other side of the hill, so I don't carry a gun around my property, but like, I, that would be a thing that I would need to consider in cir certain circumstances. So it's just really interesting to me that like, I get why the sheep, the, the sheep farmers are like, oh, we got to get rid of all these wolves. But I'm also like, whatever, fuck you, let the wolves be. But then I'm also like, it's complicated. And I get why you have to defend the sheep. but. I don't know. Anyway, that's where I'm going with it. I guess I wasn't going anywhere with it after all. Yeah, no, I think it's a really complex uh, situation that, yeah, it, there's not an easy answer to like kill the wolf or, yeah, it's, it's, I think, yeah, I'm also pro wolf and there need to be a different solution. And uh, yeah, but it's, yeah, to face this, like to see what um, the, the sheepholders really face, what kind of struggles they face with this was really mm -hmm. interesting and also i think the problem is that it's super um yeah instrumentalized and instrumentalized yeah. instrumentalized yeah by right-wing um people that's a, a big problem politically huh weaponized no. Yeah, 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 in a way. I mean the 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 thing is it also turned in Switzerland for example into a mm. city versus countryside. Because yeah, at like this it. vote, most people from the cities would vote for the wolf that it's the, right. the, keeps the protection. But many people in the countryside with also more like conservative political beliefs and the conservative parties said, right. "No, no, no! It's 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 uh, we have to change that because it threatens our way of living around in the in the remote areas in the countryside." Yeah, and so this is like somehow so stupid because. Um, yeah, that's also covering certain other threats, right? Like climate change. They don't talk about yeah. climate change. The only thing they speak about is the wolf and the wolves. And that, yeah, that that's really, so it's somehow a weird thing that it's so taken over by this discourse, which is, yeah. You, yeah, you can't shoot climate change. That's the thing. <laughs> so it's easy to say, oh, it's all the wolf. <laughs> Um, yeah. We have to kill the wolf, and then we we get rid of this problem. But on the other hand, yeah. I can think change of some ways of solving climate change with guns. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, anyway. the thing is, it was, I, I got so sad up there because it's so yeah. special. I mean, this area was a natural reserve too, and it has like <sighs> golden eagle. It has like uh, vultures. It has like marmots. It has like a lot of marmots. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> marmots. Uh, like so, and some 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 um, protected bogs, some like plants that are really like really rare, like 
at the brink of extinction. And I know I, I stood there and I saw all, of, all this, I don't know, this beauty. And I knew, I know in 50 years from now, it will be gone probably. Mm. It's very, yeah. very likely because, yeah. I mean, some species can take, they, they move, uh, like seen on the, on a global level, they move north because it's getting warmer, but on a, yeah. on a fucking mountain, there is an end. There is no moving more up because yeah. at, at, at 4,000 meters or something, it's, 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 it stops, you know, it's like, there is like nothing there. So like, and all the, all the farmers there, for example, if you ask them, they see these changes, they witness it. They say, yes, it's yeah. so much different than it was mm. when I was a kid. And the glaciers, for example, in Switzerland, I read about it. They were like, since the seventies, 800 glaciers are gone. And there is still 1,400 glaciers in Switzerland and they say 2,100, they will be probably like most of them, like 95% will be gone. Yeah. And it's so sad. But still, if you say something like climate change, even those farmers there, they, they that witness it every fucking day, they say like, yeah. well, you know, I don't know if you can call it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And it's, it's, it's because the, the discourse, the political discourse is framed by conservatives mostly. Yeah. And they say, your problem yeah. is the wolf. We can shoot the wolf. You know? So, well, no, and it, sorry. No, no, it's, it, I'm, I'm done with ranting. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, this is, the, this is so interesting to me for a thousand reasons. And, and one of them is that we always, it goes back hundreds of years that leftists will be like, oh, the countryside are all right wing. Fuck them. And this is not true. Right. This is like the, the most interesting leftist revolutions have generally involved also the rural folks. Right. Um, I mean, like famously, the fucking Rus Russian revolution was all rural people. And to be fair, Marx was I think he I think he like owned up to getting that wrong because he's like one of the people who started this myth that like the 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 peasant is not the revolutionary subject only the proletarian worker in the city is right mm -hmm. and the peasants are always reactionary and like i think he owned up to when he looked at russia he was like ah oh, i got that one wrong okay cool you know it's true if we let it be true because you have this thing where i i think it is actually a a, a flaw that we have to be careful with in democracy is that in majority rule in general is if people in the cities make the rules for the people in the countryside and they don't understand the people in the countryside and they don't understand their way of life. And so it's like really easy, even though I'm still on the wolf side, I see it as like complicated. Whereas it's like really easy to live in a city and be like, whatever, like, fuck it. Mm -hmm. You know, cause it's like, it's not their livelihood or dog. That is the person that is being threatened. Right. And so I feel like to me, it's this thing where we like can't cede that ground to the right wing, you know, and I, I really I think it's cool that you all like. There's one reason I want to talk to you about it is that there's like all of these. It doesn't have to be this inherently conservative space to be in the countryside, to be in a rural area. Um, and then the other thing that I was thinking about with what you're talking about, about mountains and how things retreat is that mountains are so interesting to me because they're. um they're like always where people run to, right? And you look at, I mean, you look at Switzerland as a country and it is the history of country of the country is people fleeing there in order to, well, I don't know enough about how Switzerland was formed, but in World War II, every time I'm like reading about like Dutch revolutionaries or whatever, they're like, fuck. And they all run over to Switzerland and like climb up the glaciers in their bare hands or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Um, I clearly know what I'm talking about. And in the United States, you have like, uh, where I live in Appalachia, that is the place that people would retreat to. That is the place where um, people losing wars against the conquest of the United States would, would go to. And it is, it's that weird thing where you're always free in the mountains, but there's only so far you can run. And that's just so heartbreaking to think about, you know, there's only so far up the mountain that, yeah, these plants can migrate. On the other hand, I have a feeling that's where we're all going to be living. I think we're all going to be <laughs> in Antarctica. Antarctica bloomed this year, I think. Um, I think we're going to be in Antarctica and on the mountains. So, 
Yeah, but it's interesting how it's so idealized and romanticized. I mean, we had like it's and how extreme mm. actually the weather really changes. I really didn't know. I had never lived for three months so high up. And yeah, but also that it's so romanticized. That's also that this this huge hype around survivalist shows at the moment mm. in t on TV. Also really interesting. It comes with this, and and on the opposite for me, the yeah question was how this really how this being there in the Alps how this what does this really change with me and like um, yeah. yeah what does it do to experience this and yeah what does it do <laughs> yeah we're asking you. <laughs> I think it's still, it's still settling in and it's about yeah reconnecting and really realizing yeah what it takes to do this work and I have a lot of yeah respect also the like to be in a very somehow patriarch patriarchal space with this mm -hmm. sheep horse were only older men yeah they have their ways of acting they have their ways of being and for me this was really difficult yeah and uh, still somehow to not say hey i won't i won't enter this space but to go there and yeah also see what um yeah on a way what community they have you know what it Yeah, to also go be beyond this, I think that they have their tradition and they have to to face this. But yeah, was I also mean, maybe maybe you can maybe you can uh, explain a little bit uh, this I don't know uh, this group of people we worked for because it was actually pretty interesting because it's a conservative area, but they were very working class and very very nice to us. I think they treated us really like respectfully and i i know in my other place where i worked uh, as a shepherd it wasn't like that i was treated actually a little bad and okay. i don't know yeah and to see how they are with the animals i mean for them that's they are their life and it's this encounter and they love them. also for us you get to know every every sheep personally and <laughs> somehow yeah it's really interesting <laughs> what connection you get um you watch them all the time you learn hey they are totally different they have totally different characters and uh, yeah so okay my question to you is how do you when you're working with people who are seeing this climate change happen how do you But but can't acknowledge it. Do you have any like insight or thoughts about how to connect with people about that? About how to talk to people, you know, who want to focus on the wolf instead of the uh, bigger wolf, the climate wolf. What's the name of that wolf that's going to eat the sun and Germanic paganism? Wow, how do I not remember? Um, anyway, whatever. Start of Ragnarok. Someone's going to get really mad. At me I, I think like we we. We we had some very good discussions at at times, right? Mm -hmm. With with the guys. Sorry, did I? No, no, no. I was just I I remember the name of the wolf that eats the sun and starts Ragnarok. It's Fenrir. Anyway, I, or Fenris. Oh God, no! People are gonna get mad at me. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> Tell your thing no, instead I, of something. I think also, um, even though some of them were like a little bit panicky about wolves and so on, I think. Mm -hmm. The system with the night pens and with like having shepherds like us um, since a few years to look after the sheep day and night, basically, um, it works pretty well. I mean, they told us they have one to three, I don't know, one to five maybe sheep per year that uh, are getting killed by the wolf. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. I mean, yeah. they are they are realistic about it, right? And yeah. when we talked about, I think, climate change, of course, it was, I mean, for me, it's not much different. I mean, they acknowledged that things are changing, even they didn't use the, I don't know, scientific vocabulary or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And they acknowledged in a way, or some of them at least, um, that, that there is new problems that we have to face For example, it's too dry yeah. and so on, water issues, all this, um, dying out of certain um, and plants, animals in certain areas and so on. They all see this, uh, more avalanches in the winter, all this. But, I mean, they were a little helpless. And, I mean, we are also often a little helpless 
because yeah. it's it's getting individualized how how should you react not drive a car great i mean we have to you know rise up and <laughs> change all the all of 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 of, of uh, economy you know and this is yeah. hard to do <laughs> but i guess um i mean i also came there from my uh, with my artistic background and as an artist and i also was filming a lot also more like some of the sheeps but also us and i think uh, for me to show as a coming there with a city background but also with our backgrounds as biologists and artists and yeah showing what yeah what how this encounter happens maybe from us as city people with also another perspective and encountering this world i think i find this really interesting also showing maybe some part of um, this yeah being not exactly in this i think that's an interesting perspective also for other people to see yeah. and yeah i'm i'm probably cutting a bit of a movie out of this and oh, i think it can it's yeah it's good to go to this place and to show yeah our perspective hmm? i mean i was i'm so <laughs> grateful for for what these people teach us right yeah. And that we were like accepted and we did this job and I think we did a good job, but also they had to trust us, right? And what they, the sheep teach us. Yes, <laughs> the human yeah. and non-human human, uh, individuals that trusted us. And, and uh, it was, I think, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. But on the other hand, also for them, I think it was kind of interesting to have like unorthodox people there, people who didn't grow up like around the corner with like animals and sheep and so on, because for them, they all grew up with this. They inherited yeah. this from their parents and grandparents. And we came like, actually it was a meeting of different worlds, right? Mm. <laughs> Coming, and I think we I came want to from... show this also, this discrepancy that, did, that it's, yeah, that yeah. there is some dialogue or some encounter needs to happen. And I mean, many people yeah. are so disconnected to this world and, doesn't don't know they live in switzerland all their life and they don't have so much connection to this work yeah and it's cool too i think yeah. um yeah it was really like we came from 1000 kilometers away but even what made more of a difference was that we live in a city of two million people and they live like in tiny mountain villages and yeah but we came we had a good time together, right? <laughs> they were like helping yeah. us. We were helping them. It worked out. And I mean, a lot of prejudice I had also as a young radical from the city, dogmatic and so on about people yeah. um, back in the days. I mean, it changed over the years, but more and more if uh, like when I en encounter these, these, I don't know, social in like places, uh, I have to say, yeah, it was like, they were very social with us and very helpful and very, I don't know, cool. Very cool also. Even That's though they awesome. have like strange habits too, like drinking co coffee that isn't coffee. But <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do they drink that isn't coffee? It, it's called Inkarum. It's made out of um, lupin, I think, lupinen. Uh, I don't know the English word, like some grain. And okay. it has no no caffeine at all. And they always say, let's have a coffee. And then they drink this. <laughs> but with a oh, lot of schnapps. See, yeah. see I, don't, I don't drink caffeine. So I'm like, I want to drink that shit. That sounds great. Oh, that, yeah. would be, that would be the uh -huh. place for you to go. But they, they put yeah. apple, apple uh, booze inside, like apple schnapps instead. <laughs> okay, well, uh, are there any last things that, that we didn't cover that you wish we had or... Things that you're really excited to say about sheep and climate change. Oh, does it make you want sheep? That's my. That was like the question. Like, are you all going to get sheep? Uh, do you have a yard? I don't know where you live. We live in the city, but we are planning to move uh, in That's the coming sure. years. And actually, I would love to have some sheep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe of... not four hundred. <laughs> yeah, but no, maybe but like. <laughs> yeah. like some 20 or something 15 or we will continue doing this work huh it's cool to also um work with them and then for a long time be with them i guess we're yeah, and then also say hey good that was the summer <laughs> yeah and give them back <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like you 
Sometimes it's nice to play with kids, but having your own kids is kind of yeah, different cup of tea. It's yeah. like co-parenting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe some sheep co-parenting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, uh, is there anything that you want to plug that you want to direct people towards, either your work or something else that's going on that you, you um, draw attention to? I wanted to say, um, because I always said while I was there, the, it needs more people to help the little farmers deal with the, mm -hmm. with the wolves, because if we don't help them, uh, then they will always tend to the parties that say, oh, let's just get rid of the wolves. And yeah. I found out that there is some NGOs that do that, that come from an uh, environmental side. There's mm -hmm. one group called OPAR. I think they're in the French-speaking part of the country mostly, but uh, yeah, and um, they actually send volunteers to um, to alpine pastures where there are wolves nearby to help to guard and also monitor the wolf activities. So That's it's cool. for research and also to help the farmers. And if I can't go next year to to work as a shepherd, I will volunteer there, and I think it's a great. Great thing, and somehow a solution. Um, how ordinary people can like get in touch with with the small farmers and and help like maintaining the alpine pastures that are also so important for for biodiversity. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and to help save the save the wolf from people. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good because instead of just abandoning people to being like whatever, the wolf is good and you suck. Just being like, hey, what will it actually take? Like, what resources do you actually need in order to be able to continue to do your work in a world full of wolves? That's cool. Yeah, I think it needs a lot of growing together, the countryside and the cities, in understanding yeah. and talking and, like, supporting each other. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks for having us, Margaret. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, and good luck next year with, with sheep season. And I, I'll Thanks. talk to you all at some point soon, I hope. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, go try to convince sheep and wolves to be friends. No, that's not going to work. Uh, hang out with sheep and then separately hang out with wolves. Actually, you probably just shouldn't even hang out with the wolves. You should probably leave them alone. That's pretty much what we want. But that's what you can do. You can also... Um, support this podcast. You can support this podcast happening by helping us pay our transcribers and our audio editors. Um, I say this as if there's a plural of each, but there's actually one of each. And uh, thanks to those editors. And thanks to everyone who helps us do that. And the way we do that is through Patreon. This podcast is published by Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. We have several other podcasts, including one called Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness, as well as one called Anarcho Geek Power Hour. And if you support us on Patreon, we'll send you a monthly feature that we put out. We'll send it anywhere in the world. And if you pay us $20 a month, I'll read your name out right now. In particular, I'd like to thank Eric, Percival, Buck, Jacob, Catgut, Marm, Carson, Lord Harkin, Trickster, Princess Miranda, Ben Ben, Anonymous, Funder, Janice Nodell, Allie, Paparuna, Milica, Boise Mutual Aid, Theo, Hunter, SJ, Paige, Nicole, David, Dana, Chelsea, Starro, Jennifer, Kirk, Chris, Micaiah, and of course, Hoss the Dog. I hope everyone is doing as well as you can, and don't let the people divide us along cultural lines, because we just shouldn't let that happen. Talk to you all soon. <laughs>